Today is April 17th, 2020. This is C19 Daily. The White House announces coronavirus guidelines for reopening the country. Johnson & Johnson will have over 600 million COVID-19 vaccines by the beginning of 2021. A study finds that patients who are given remdesivir are recovering quickly. New York and other hot spots in the U.S. are experiencing prolonged peaks of coronavirus cases. The FDA shares information related to food safety and availability during and beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. Infectious disease and food safety experts say that takeout food is safe. In Wuhan, China, coronavirus's deaths jump drastically. This is C19 Daily. I'm Karen Romano, and today I have a special guest with me. <laughs> hey, Jason. <laughs> hey, Karen. I don't really consider myself all that special, but thanks. So uh, you may remember Jason Zimmerman, who is our vice president of product. Um, I had interviewed him, what, a week or two ago now, but he's going to take Frank's place today as we break through the articles um, and break them down. <laughs> So why don't big, we... big, sh big shoes to fill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, well, Frank, will be back on Monday, but we're, we're going to start here and uh, go through some of our articles. Just to start, um, I think probably everyone heard this yesterday, but we want to break it down a little bit more. Um, yesterday, the White House released guidelines on how to uh, how states should reopen. And basically, they are suggesting three phases to do that. Um, so, Jason... What's what's mm -hmm. your take on that? Do you have any anything to say around the, the three phases? Yeah, I think the I think the phased approach is you know is something that we that we're definitely going to have to do right. We just can't jump back into life as we do it. Um, I think the most important part is how do you get through the phases rather than breaking down the phases. I think the most critical part is what you know what are they suggesting to be able to go to phase one and then two and then three, of course and I, who knows when phase phase three, you know, full normalcy will happen. But I think part of that is the 14 day decline, if you will. You know, there has to be that or they're suggesting that I don't want to say has to. They're suggesting the the feds are suggesting to the states rather is that they have that 14 day decline in 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 cases. Right. Right. You know, so, you know, part of that is the the testing. And this has been I don't want to say, I guess controversial. I was going to say I don't want to say it, but really it's been controversial is the the testing piece of this, I think, is is the most critical. While I believe that there probably are enough tests to go around. I think the administration of the test is what was what really is coming into into play here. You know, again, that's just my opinion, but you can have all the tests in the world. You have to have the right people in the labs to be able to administer them. I, you know, I so I, it's a good point, Jason, because we actually talked about that. It was either this week or last week. All okay. these blur together. That, yeah. Um, you know, it's not that there's a shortage of tests themselves, but that um, some of the labs are not able to do the testing. It's, it's like it comes down to administration where some um, tests aren't prepared to do it because they don't have the right certifications, things like that. So I think it's a it's a great point. Um, sure. And you, and you have to have the frontline staff to be able to do it, you know, whether, right. you know, here, here in Orlando, they're doing it at a convention center and people are waiting in their cars and things like that. You know, they can only do that for so long. You know, people can only wait in their cars for so long. You know, there's no bathrooms. Right. And there, there's only a certain amount of people to do the frontline test to be able to do that. So I think that's part of the challenge. But getting back to that point is that you have to be able to show that decline. Right. So a 14 day decline, which means you need to be able to readily test everybody. 
Um, you know, and then hospitals have to be able to uh, operate under without surge capacity. You know, so there's no tents in the parking lot. There's, the, you know, the Javits Center isn't full. The convention center, you know, here in Florida isn't, doesn't have people in it or whatever the case may be. Right. You know, so you have to be able to operate within capacity too. And I think I mentioned this on when I was on last time, you know, you have to be able to operate within capacity and take care of the, the, the heart attack victims as well as the COVID patients at the same time in your facility under, under you know, not at a, at a crisis level, if you will. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. the testing, you know, it's the testing, it's the, the hospitals are able to uh, administer, you know, without crisis level decline in ILI, you know, influenza-like illness symptoms, as well as a decline in actual cases of COVID, you know, are those gates to be able to get to the phases, you know, and, you know, I'm looking forward to it, you know, moving into that. I think, you know, I think I'm on, um, you know, over four weeks of, of yep. <laughs> quarantine here in my own house, you know, coming up on five weeks here at this point, you know, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I think the key is, is going to be that test, you know, do you know, you have it to be able to, you know, as a, you know, as an employer gate, as a citizen gate, uh, you know, to be able to go back into normality, you know, if you will, you know, you, you want some sort of confidence to say, hey, I self isolated for five weeks, how do I know you didn't? you know what I mean? Where's your test to prove you did, right? Or mm -hmm. how do I know, you know, I don't want to waste my five weeks in self-isolation, if you will, to then jump back out into public and just get exposed immediately. So I think there, there something has to happen there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the states um, embrace this and start to implement it. Yeah. So um, I'm going to turn to, I guess this is positive news. I think it's positive. Um, the we've, we've heard a lot around a vaccine, and several companies are working on vaccines. So um, yesterday, or I guess it was two days ago, Johnson & Johnson um, have, has announced that by the beginning of 2021, they'll have between 600 and 8 million um, coronavirus vaccines. And then by the end of 2021, they should have about a billion. So they're ramping up, they're assuming they're gonna get approval and they're gonna be ready mm. to, I guess, rock and roll once, once it, if it gets approved that people can start to be vaccinated. Um, any, yeah, yeah, that's that? pretty phenomenal. I mean, the fact that they're they're pretty they must be pretty confident about it to be able to invest the the infrastructure time and the processing time to be able to start producing these six hundred to eight hundred million vaccines by twenty twenty one. I think that's great. Um, you know, it it means they're not slowing down. They're pretty proactive about it. Uh, you know, and that's a huge investment. You know, now clearly it's business. They want to be first to market with the vaccine, obviously. Uh, so, so that's great. You know, the fact that, you know, that this is in the private sector and they're competing for it and they're pretty confident about it. You know, I think that bodes well for us is that they're going to have, if it gets approval, they'll, you know, there won't be, let's say there won't necessarily be the shortage, right? So if they're out there producing now, you know, hedging their bets that they're going to get approval for it, you know, to be able to come to market when it's available with 600 to 800 million um, vaccines is yeah. fantastic. You know, yeah. that's not that we don't have to wait for it to be produced, let's say, you know, it's sitting on shelves ready to be administered versus uh, waiting for it to be produced. I think that's fantastic. And then turning from uh, prevention of coronavirus to actual treatment of those who who have COVID-19, there's a mm. study that was released um, a, with a drug called remde remdesivir. I don't know why I can never say that. Um, so remdesivir. Um, has been used in some, some small studies, uh, clinical trials and some small studies, and they're showing that patients who are treated with it um, 
overall are recovering much quicker and being able to go home. Now, the thing to point out here is that although it does look hopeful um, in the trials that they're doing, is that um, there was no control group, meaning, you know, we don't know what would have happened if these people weren't treated at all, but it is starting to show some, maybe some hope of a promising treatment for those who, who do um, have COVID-19 and have those severe symptoms. I, you know, I think it's great that doctors are willing to try things. You know, you right. have to have that, you have to have that quote and that, you know, quote, out of the box thinking as far as this goes. And, that, and that's why doctors are professionals, right? Um, they have to be willing to try different things. And, you know, it's a desperation type situation, you know, is that, you know, <laughs> I don't, you know, I, I would hate to be in the control group, if you will. Exactly, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not volunteering for that. You know, if, if I end up with COVID, I, I don't want to be in the control group. I want to try whatever, whatever a doctor is willing to try. You know, and obviously without a vaccine and, you know, uh, you know, specific medicines designed for COVID-19, you have to try these different things until we until we know more about it. So and, and I think over time when they can apply the full scientific method of you know, testing these things that we'll know for sure. But to your mm -hmm. point, you don't you don't want to be the person in the control group right now. And at the time you need that a drug, any type of hope. This is this is hope. This is yeah, something for that sure. can be tried. Yeah, so. absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's. I mean, while it's off-label use of of uh, remdesivir right now, you know, at some point they're they're and that's the types of those are the types of trials, if you will. You know, these are just real-time trials rather than uh, you know studied clinical trials. You know what I mean? Right. So they have they have to try something. Yeah, at least there's some hope. Yeah. So, and this might my next story might not be as hopeful, but um, it actually almost ties back to our, our first story where we talked about number of cases and how we were eventually, hopefully, going to reopen. Um, so the there's been studies, and they're going to be released today, is what I'm reading here, um, showing that in certain hot spots like New York City and, and New York in general that we keep hearing about those peaks that we, we were expecting to see for coronavirus are actually lasting a lot longer than was first expected, where other states, like mostly southern states, um, are not getting hit as hard as once, once was projected. Now, these are this, um, the researchers and the model is supposed to be um, released today, more data on that, and this is what the White House is using um, in their plan. Yeah, it, I think, uh, you know, part of the challenge that comes, this comes down to is that are, are people staying in, you know, so I think people, you know, people are starting to get a little stir crazy and trying to branch out beyond their family and, and, you know, uh, socialize, if you will, with other folks. And I think that that's part of the challenge that we're up against here now is that what's the social distancing that's taking place? Are people right. getting tired of social distancing? You know, so it's, they're trying to put, you know, science against that, but it's really up to the American people to say, you know, are you staying in or are you not, you know, and if you're exposing other people and don't know it, you know, that, that could be prolonging or, you know, throwing out these, these spikes, if you will. So uh, I think there's so many factors going into this. It's going to be really hard to put, to put together an actual study and model on it. Yeah, and this is like, to your point about social distancing, I know we, we've actually talked about this a little bit as well. Um, they say one of the reasons they're seeing maybe not as high of peaks in, in this model is that what they found is that people are embracing social distancing mm -hmm. more than they thought they would, 
which if you would have asked me, well, I haven't been out, so I don't know. <laughs> but when this first all started, you know, when this first started, however many weeks ago, right? I could say three or four weeks ago, um, when I first started staying at home, I didn't, like, I saw so many people out and I was just, I couldn't believe how many people were just like out like day to day, like nothing was going on where yeah. I, I'm guessing people are taking it more um, seriously. I wouldn't know, you know, I'm, I'm in jail here. So I, I know, right. <laughs> so yeah. I wouldn't know, but Hey, maybe, maybe more people are taking it seriously. Um, yeah. which, to your point, it's, it would, it will have an impact on when we see these peaks. And I hope that's the case, right? The, the faster we get through it, you know, the more people that, uh, the more people that embrace the social distancing and the, the self-quarantine, if you will, the faster we're going to get through this. And I think that's what the models are starting to show, right? So if you can, if you can truly see that businesses are embracing the work from home, if you can, you know, uh, businesses are shut down if, if they can't work from home, you know, and people are truly staying in, then I think you're seeing the flattening of the curve faster, right? And we're kind of all in this together. The more people that do it, the, the, the faster we get out of it, if you will. You know, exactly. and I think that I think going back to the first article, a 14 day in decline, you know, to be able to get to phase one of a reopening, everybody should band together to make sure that number goes down so we can get to phase one. I think that's really that's really it should be positioned as a goal, not for the state, but for all of us to yep. say, look, if we can drive this number down collectively, we can all go outside. You yes, I mean? let us out. <laughs> you know, that that's kind of a goal exactly. for everybody is to say, let's let's self-police this to say, let's all stay in this together so the numbers could go down as a collective. I'm in. <laughs> so, I'm in. Yeah. Let's let's do it. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna turn to uh food, right? Okay. We all like to eat. So um you actually recommended an article, which is, is good, um, around the FDA's perspective on food safety and availability during and beyond COVID-19. Yeah. Um, so any point, anything you want to point out about that article that people should check out? Yeah, I mean, and it goes with another article that I think we're going to post too about, about the uh, takeout, right? Yeah, it's there, yeah, yep. Yeah, so I, I, read an, I read a portion of that article which really made, kind of made me laugh that said basically, unless you plan on inhaling your takeout food, you're not at risk of getting COVID <laughs> from it, right? Sometimes and I, I do. <laughs> You know, and that that goes to the fact that it's airborne, right? And it has right. to get it, it has to get into your lungs, your nasal passages, you know, to be able to get to be able to get COVID. But I love the fact, I love that. Unless you plan on inhaling your food, you know, you're not going to get it from takeout. But you know, in all seriousness, it comes down to the packaging, the handling of it, and really, once you put that food on your plate, is are you washing your hands? Are you disposing of the packages and things like that? Um, and that's really then how, how you could possibly get it. But from the food itself, you know, you're, you know, all the experts are saying you're, you're, you know, you're perfectly fine with the food itself. And let's not face, let's not forget too. We all went to the store and stocked up on bread, eggs, milk, and you know, the like, so we should be cooking food too, not just doing the takeout. So, um, it seems like everything is perfectly fine with the food, but you know, normal food handling skills come into play to, you know, make sure your food is warm and, and wash your hands after you're done with the, the containers, just, just like anything else, whether you're going to the grocery store and, and buying your food or whether you're getting takeout, you know, it's all about the, the surfaces and washing your hands. And yeah. you know, Friday, Friday night is our takeout night. I have to tell you that yeah. I, hate, I hate cooking and I've been cooking now for five weeks. Yeah. Um, and I just said this morning, like, so where can we go that's open um, to get yeah. takeout or like get it delivered? So now I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be rereading this article. To make yeah. sure I 
that I'm very careful with what I touch. Our go-to is our go-to is the pizza, right? I bring the pizza yep. home. I, you know, I, I don't even touch the box. The pizza gets set on a towel in the back of the car. I pick up the towel, grab the box, slide the pizza into a hot oven on a hot stone. You know, the pizza box goes into the, the garbage dumpster and the towel goes straight into a washing machine. And then I wash my hands, right? It's really, really simple. There's no bags, there's no cartons, there's no containers. The pizza goes straight into the oven and everything else goes in the trash. You know, so love that. We've been doing that on Friday nights. That's our go-to. So feel free to use that idea. I, I probably will. Um, yeah. All right. So just to wrap up our last article, um, we wanted to put it in because, I mean, I, we've, we're, we're seeing numbers here and there. And, you know, how accurate are these numbers? How good is the testing? Well, China... Um, suddenly is seeing this jump in deaths from in Wuhan, which was like the epicenter for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it has gone up 50% over what was previously um, reported. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're saying that this has like, some people are saying, Hey, this is a cover up. China is saying, no, it's just, it's just us kind of reckoning the numbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it goes back to testing again and, and who's reporting what can we rely on these numbers? Yeah. And anything notable there that you want to point out? Yeah, I think there's so many, so many uh, circumstances that can affect these numbers. You know, certainly everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon that, that, there, that there's a cover up here. Um, I think it's highly likely that, they, that they're getting around to maybe doing the testing, reconciling the numbers, accounting for it. You know, this is crisis mode, you know, and in, you know, where it started in Wuhan, I couldn't imagine what their crisis mode looks like, you know, so, um, it's really anybody's guess on why those numbers went up at this, at this point, you know, so, yeah, you know, it, I don't want to say it's not a cover up. I don't, you know, maybe, you know, with the pressure from the, the who that the president's putting on, maybe they are coming clean with some numbers, but on the other hand, it's highly likely that, that they're just getting around to counting and testing too. Right. So I think it's, I think it really think it's anybody's guess at this point. And will we ever really know the truth? That's pretty hard. Uh, when we're here in the States and they're in China, right? So exactly. we, we could rely on the numbers that, that we're getting. All right. So that's yeah. going to wrap up um, for today, our C19 uh, daily podcast. If you have any articles you want us to look at, um, if you want to become on, if you want to come on to the podcast, be a special guest, let us know. You can email us at COVID19 at infiniteblue.com. This is Karen Romano and Jason Zimmerman. (laughs) Have a good weekend. (laughs) We'll see you later. Talk to you later.